Hello and welcome to this overview of the Off-Roads Guide to Temporary Traffic Management, Part 3, Static Work Sites. The Guide to Temporary Traffic Management details temporary traffic management requirements for Australia and New Zealand practitioners. It contains guidance and instructions for planning, designing and implementing temporary traffic management and is focused on providing optimum safety for employees and contractors working in or near traffic and a safe environment for all road users. The combination of a four-year collaborative project between Austro's Australasian Transport Agencies and Industry, the guide will help to harmonise temporary traffic management practice in Australia and New Zealand. My name is Eliz and I work in the communications team at Austro's. My details are shown on this slide. The Guide to Temporary Traffic Management has 10 parts, which are available to download for free from the Austroads website. To have access, you'll need to log into your Austroads online account. If you currently don't have an Austroads account, you could sign up for free on the login page of our website. Part 3 has been specifically prepared to assist with the preparation of traffic guidance schemes, TGSs, in accordance with Austroads best practice. It provides general information about the context and components of designing temporary traffic guidance schemes at static work sites. You can access the part through this direct link. We also encourage you to have the guide open so you could refer to the relevant section numbers during this presentation. I will now introduce our presenter, who is Leah Kelly. Leah has over 14 years experience in infrastructure prioritisation, planning and delivery with a focus on the transport sector. She has held roles with Queensland Treasury, Queensland Treasury Corporation, Building Queensland and Oricon and has worked on and led the delivery of major projects and programs. Leah has led the infrastructure advisory team at Oricon, which focuses on delivery of technical asset management, business case and due diligence advice for a range of public and private sector clients. Welcome, Leah. Thank you, Liz, and hello, everyone. Welcome to my presentation on part three, static work sites of the Austroids Guide to Temporary Traffic Management. The preparation of the material within this presentation has been a large part of my professional life for the past two years and represents a major update to industry. I'm really pleased to be able to introduce this first edition of the Austroads Guide to Temporary Traffic Management. This session will cover the process for development of new guidance material for temporary traffic management, the structure and approach to new guidance material, and key changes to material previously contained in the Australian Standard AS. 1742.3. This part of the guide to temporary traffic management covers roadworks which are greater in scope and duration than can be handled by short-term, low-impact provisions or mobile works. They are generally expected to take longer than one shift and may be left unattended. Together with part five, mobile works, and part six, short-term, low-impact works, Comprehensive guidance is provided for the design of a traffic guidance scheme, or TGS, at all work sites. This guidance material is designed to assist with the preparation of traffic guidance schemes. It is noted that a traffic management plan, or TMP, and a TGS may be required for complex sites. A TMP outlines how works on roads are integrated into the operation of the road network identifies and considers all foreseeable risks and assesses the impact on road users. For context on how different parts of the guidance work together, it is important that the TMP is completed before further considerations and design of temporary traffic management outlined in this part of the guidance is implemented. 
The focus is on safety and protection of road workers and road users at all times. The guidance material acknowledges that although the optimal option for design parameters should be used as often as possible, it is the designer's responsibility to adapt or to, de or to develop the traffic management required to suit site conditions and the scope of works. Compared to information contained in the previous standard, this guidance material includes a greater focus on risk processes throughout. A risk assessment involves the identification and analysis of all safety risks likely to arise during works on or near the road, including in design, setup, operation, change, and final dismantling of temporary traffic management devices. The identification of each risk should be followed by defining the appropriate measures to mitigate those risks. In each case, the process starts by identifying all of the hazards likely to arise, evaluating them in terms of likelihood of occurrence and their adverse consequences, using experience, historical data, consulting with other designers or other means. The proposed TGS shall then be checked in detail to ensure that adequate means of controlling or reducing those risks are in place. Detailed considerations for a range of risk categories are included in the guide to assist. Some examples include for road worker safety, consider whether all workers are wearing appropriate PPE, do they have appropriate training, is a road safety barrier system in place, do all workers know to immediately report any unsafe conditions. For adverse weather conditions, have these been identified in the TGS and a contingency plan considered? Does the road need to be cleared? Consider the type of adverse weather condition, the complexity of the worksite, traffic volumes and time of day. For vulnerable road users, consider cyclists and pedestrians, including school children and road users with impaired vision, mobility or cognitive limitations. Will the works impact the road shoulder, verge or bike or pedestrian path? How will vulnerable road users be directed to their destination? For a static worksite, the hierarchy of control is used to assess and implement the highest practical level of protection and safety at a worksite, that is, to eliminate, separate or control. The hierarchy of control from most safe to least safe for static worksite treatments is as follows around the worksite, which eliminates the hazard from the immediate worksite by restricting road access and relocating road users' movement via a detour or sidetrack. Through the worksite, separates the hazard by stopping all road users' movement for short periods when workers need to occupy the roadway, and past the worksite, which separates the hazard by safely moving road users by using positive traffic management methods and devices. Following that, then comes mobile works and short-term low-impact worksite treatments. The guidance provides a new diagram for design steps. Detailed guidance is then structured in accordance with these steps throughout the guide. The first step is to identify the method of control, that is, around, through or past the worksite. Key design considerations when implementing these steps are the design balance, Obtaining the right balance for all road users, including road workers, road users, vulnerable road users, the traffic management team and the contractor. Essential design principles, that is layout, worksite access, signs, site distance, road categories, traffic volume, traffic lanes, lane width, speed and variations to design. While there is material in the guide on all design steps, 
The next three slides focus on some key points where new or additional information has been drafted. First, for site distance, there is a change in the guidance material to how many distances are expressed. The guidance no longer uses the concept of D, but rather information is provided on distances relative to different speeds in tabular formats. This was the subject of significant discussion during development of the guidance material, with a key aim being to improve the usability of guidance material. Consideration of suitable site distances will enable road users to perceive and react to a hazardous situation on the road ahead, resulting, resulting in safe and efficient traffic management. There are a number of factors that can restrict site distance, curves in the road, overgrown vegetation, time of day, weather, types of road users, and speed. Recommended site distances are measured to a traffic control device by an approaching vehicle in relation to speed. These site distances are based on the distance required for a driver to be able to react appropriately to a hazard. Other new material includes new guidance on vulnerable road users, pedestrians, cyclists, motorcyclists, and for public transport. Traffic management measures for vulnerable road users are provided, which includes pedestrians, on-road cyclists, off-road cyclists, and motorcyclists. Works that impact the road, road shoulder, bike lanes, crossings or pathways are likely to impact on these users. Guidance is provided where impact on existing pedestrian facilities cannot be avoided. For detailed guidance on pedestrian paths, see Austroad's Guide to Road Design, Part 6A. Information is also provided to assist with TMP development when it is likely to impact motorcyclists and public transport vehicles and users. The management of speeds chosen by road users is a crucial contributor to a safe worksite. Prior to undertaking work on any site, it is important to ensure the speed limit enforced on road users is correct, the speed limit is checked prior to starting work, the speed of road users is monitored for the whole worksite, it is noted that all references to speed are the posted speed, temporary or permanent, unless the speed of traffic is substantially higher or lower. Having reviewed the potential risks, design steps and traffic management options available, where particular site conditions prevent their application, it is important to consider the following. Variations, for example, distances to the TMP or TGS may need to undergo risk assessment tailored to the worksite by a competent person in accordance with the relevant authority requirements. It is important to record the use and reason for any changes, for example, additional or reduced number of traffic control devices, within the daily record keeping documentation and to note this as a variation. Trials or innovative treatments proposed will be undertaken. Any trials or innovative treatments applied must undergo a prior risk assessment. Around the worksite. To be able to design around the worksite treatments, the works need to be six metres or more clear of traffic or the traffic management method is no longer considered around and you need to consider either through the worksite or past the worksite treatments. Around the worksite is the highest practical level of protection for road users and road workers as it completely removes road users from the worksite for the duration of works. Methods of treatment include detours via existing roads for heavy or over-dimensional vehicles, via a sidetrack, contraflow, 
or others such as a chicane that takes road users more than six metres away from the work site. It is important to note that the image, which is from the guide, is an example of a typical layout only. All guidance and steps are to be considered to design the optimal layout for your site. As per the new diagram, it shows here the steps required to design for around the work site. Step one is identifying the method of control around, through or past. And following that, steps two to 13 sequentially guide the designer through relevant considerations. In a through the worksite treatment, traffic is managed through the worksite by temporarily closing the worksite to all traffic, then reopening to traffic with all work stopped and road workers and equipment out of the way, allowing road users to traverse through or past the work area. The passage of traffic may be via shuttle flow or two-way flow using a pilot vehicle. Advanced warning is critical to road users, giving them time to process information and slow down on the immediate approach to the work area prior to stopping travel for short periods during the movement of plant or other operations. Changes to edge clearances, spacing of delineation devices, safe traffic speeds, queue length and sign spacing are relevant considerations. Again, a typical layout for through the worksite treatment is provided, but this is an example only and does not cover all potential layouts. As for the around the worksite treatment, the guide gives detail on a number of steps to be followed for through the worksite. These are to define the worksite layout, separate the work area, delineate the route, establish the traffic speed, consider the use of safety buffers, manage traffic control and site entry, establish the advance warning area and termination areas, and to protect vulnerable road users. Considerations for public transport also apply. Design for temporary traffic management past the worksite involves methods of hazard separation when the entire work area, including all vehicles and plant, is located within six metres of the nearest edge of a traffic lane. Due to the closeness of works and traffic, road users require more complex traffic controls to ensure both their safety and that of road workers. This is achieved through a combination of lateral separation, clear warning and delineation. A typical layout for a pass the worksite treatment is provided. You'll now be noticing a consistency in each of the planning steps. Again, the guide provides detail in each of these steps relevant to directing traffic past the worksite. Separating the work area is a key design step to minimise the risk of incidents between vehicles, road workers and vulnerable road users, as well as any unwanted intrusion into the work area. Options include the use of road safety barrier systems, containment fences, visibility screens and lateral separations. The guidance provides increased focus on the use of portable traffic control devices except where this is insufficient to provide the safety, capacity and efficiency required for effective traffic control. More detail on manual traffic controllers is contained in part seven. Where possible, consider the use of portable traffic control devices to improve safety for traffic controllers. The decision to use portable traffic control devices or manual traffic control should be made through a risk assessment. Portable traffic control device options can include portable traffic signal systems and portable boom barriers. It should be noted that these devices need qualified operators, are intended for use for short durations, 
need warning signs, require a temporary speed limit of 60 kilometres per hour or less, and they must be monitored regularly to ensure that they are operating effectively and safely. Guidance also covers the use of permanent traffic signals, roundabouts, overtaking lanes, shoulders as a temporary lane, pavement markings, night works, excavations, and unattended work sites. There is also a need to consider public transport if relevant to the work site. In doing this, it is important to consider adequate signage, the manoeuvring needs of vehicles, positioning of new passenger entry and exit points, and also to seek approvals from the relevant public transport authority where alterations are to be made. There is also guidance on applying a TGS, which provides general information on the installation, monitoring, maintenance and removal of traffic management treatments. Thank you for listening to this webinar today. I hope that this assists in providing an overview of part three of the Austroads Guide to Temporary Traffic Management and Austroads encourages your feedback on the content of the guide to allow for it to be continually improved to meet industry needs.